Welcome back to the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. And today we welcome back Dr. Sharzard Green to talk all about supplements in menopause, part one. Dr. Green is a pharmacist who received her Doctor of Pharmacy degree from the University of Arizona in 1990. For the past 20 years, her practice has been laser focused on women's health and integrative medicine. She is passionate about learning new things and teaching others. She is the formulator of FabuVag, the all-natural vaginal moisturizer, and you can get it at FabuVag.com. During the podcast, we start off talking about permission and how we are programmed to wait for permission as women. We then talk about how we have a relationship with ourselves first before any other person. And we talk a little bit about the use of lubricants and that sort of thing in the FabuVag. Then we move into supplementation in menopause and discuss information overwhelm, the sheer volume of options on the drugstore shelves and online, and how marketing attempts to drive our behavior. And that may not be the best thing. We then go over the early perimenopausal symptoms and what they mean, and why expert advice is so important when it comes to your health and supplements. We talk about the role influencers on social media play in our decisions as consumers, how paying for expert advice may actually lead to an increase in your bottom line when it comes to supplements. We talk about the danger of over-the-counter hormone supplementation, and we go into some specific symptoms like insomnia, memory issues, bone health, and saggy skin, and the ways we can supplement to help them. Now, at the end of the episode, make sure you visit drmichellegordon.com slash podcasts, where you can find the show notes, plus the links to the books and resources mentioned in the episode. We also have an easy to follow bone broth recipe for you as a download on the resource page. So don't miss that. Now, if you enjoy the episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you are always the first to know when each episode is released. And thank you for all of the five-star reviews. I do appreciate you. And if you haven't left a review yet, please leave a five-star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts so more women can find it. No one should have to go through this alone. Now, if you have questions about the topics covered in this or any other podcast, I invite you to open a conversation with me on Instagram at Dr. Michelle Gordon or send an email to info at menopausemovement.com. I promise I'll get back to you as just as soon as I can. Now, let's get to Dr. Green and part one of Supplements in Menopause. And thanks so much for being a part of the Menopause Movement. All right, this is Dr. Green and Dr. Gordon on supplements. So we were talking about gender norms and I, you know, I, I did a whole podcast all on it today to just kind of deal with, you know, like, like why, why do we wait as women? Why do we wait for permission? Why are we afraid of, of things, you know, like that? And so it, it's, um, yeah. So, and, and you know what I did, which I thought was so empowering and, and it's funny how the universe makes things work out is that I, I had the haircut on Friday and we, we did a build up to it on Facebook on Facebook and said, you know, Hey, you know, I'm going to do a big reveal. And so I made the decision to do it. But then like every day we did a countdown and, and then, uh, and then I did. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So I did it live and I had like a whole bunch of people on the live, like, you know, I'm like, well, I'm going to do this thing, you know? And then, and then she gave me the, the razor and I, I did it myself the first bit and it was so freaky and it was, I mean, it was really, really cool. But what happened was I love this photographer, Caroline White. Caroline White does the most amazing, whatchamacallit, uh, portraits, right? And so I, I texted her and I said, Hey, do you have do you have some time on Saturday? Because I would really like to, I'd like to get some photos to kind of validate this new look. And so that's what came of it. Oh, wow. That yeah. looks good. And that's just, that that's really just from the, that's so from the back of the camera. You just did this like two days just, ago? So on Friday, I cut my hair. On Saturday, I went 
for a photo shoot. And that photo shoot, it just, it just helped me feel like empowered and fierce and fearless. And it was just, it was really, really cool. And so now I'm like, I look and I'm like, you know, my hair's short, but I don't see my brother anymore. And I don't see my dad. Now I see me, you know? So, uh, so today I, I, yeah, well, it, I don't know if it's brave. I think I think it's just like pushing up against the societal norms, you know, just like just like everything else. And so, so today on my Facebook Live, I said, you know, I said, listen, is it bravery or is it just you know pushing up against societal norms? And and was who was I? Who's going to give me permission? And why why do we wait for permission as women? Why do we wait for permission? The men don't wait for permission. They just do whatever the hell they want. That is so true. That that is so yeah. true. Yeah, I cannot imagine a man, you know, asking any. I mean, they, they just do it. Right? Yeah, yeah. We we never. I mean, I've, I I don't even dare go short anymore, because it's kind of like you know I'm I'm used to being a little bit longer, but it's it's so interesting. I'm uh, good for you. Good for you. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that you did it. Well, I I think we're gonna go ahead and leave this in this little conversation in as part of the, a part of the podcast, because, because for you to say, you know, you were just talking about how it's, you know, nor, you know, it's, it's okay for a man, but not okay for a woman. I mean, and I think that permission is plays such a big role. It plays, you know, I just came off of uh, talking to Julia Lolly, who's, who's coming up. She's, she's this week's podcast and probably next week's as well, all about pleasure and the, you know, and, and, and how, when we have a vibrant, and this, this plays into you too, because when we have a vibrant, healthy sex life, it just, it just like spills over our whole lives. Right. And it just, just makes us feel so powerful to have the ability to either surrender or, you know, be close to somebody or even just close with ourselves. There's, there's so much in, you know, sexual expression. And, and I know, you know, you have Fabivage to help with that. And that's, that's something that's really great. And that's your, that's your own proprietary lube, right? It's, it's for empowering women. And I try to be very careful when I word it because not everybody is in a relationship with another person. They may be in a relationship with themselves. Sure. You know, if it helps them, Hey, that's wonderful. But that doesn't mean that sexual pleasure. I mean, if you're, if you're not with somebody that, you know, again, we, we, I spend a lot of time talking about like puritanical norms and, you know, I mean, I grew up in white Christian America where masturbation was like not okay. But, you know, why do we have this urge to have this, this feeling if it's not something that's, you know, given to us as, as, you know, a means of expressing ourselves fully, right? Right. And so, you know, we, we have to, we're in relationship with ourselves first and we have to make that work. That's true. You know, and if we can't make that work, then, you know, how are we ever going to be good with somebody else? That is so true that, uh, you know, and, and I always say, I always said as a joke, I say, you know, we've been given such high libido as teenagers and everybody forbids teenagers from being sexually active. Yeah. And then by the time you get past having kids and life, you get to a certain age that yeah, you can have sex, but some, some people don't really want to anymore. It's like, they're just past that price. You know, I I say, you know, enjoy it while you can. Right. Yeah. And I'm not promoting like, you know, promiscuity with, with our children and teenagers, but I'm just saying that, you know, there's, there are some, some boundaries that we've set or the society has set or religion has set that just do not make sense. That's true. And I think we're, I think we're gifted with a lot of sexuality as children, as not as children, but as teenagers. So now I'm, you know, I'm 55. So, you know, I look at an 18 year old as a child, but, but, you know, I mean, I think, you know, when sexual expression, you know, during puberty is when, is when we start to really feel sexual feelings and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so at that time, you know, we're, we're, you know, our bodies are changing, we're changing our relationship with ourselves. We're starting to walk into our power as, you know, as, as adults, and I, I think that evolutionarily, right? I mean, the younger you have a offspring, the, the more likely that you're going to be able to have more. And so you right. look at it from that perspective, and then the fitness of the fitness of a species it has to do with how many offspring the species has. Not not about it's not about the male being you know strong and powerful and and fighting right. off the the bad guys, which is you know kind of funny because 
I mean, you know, I talk a lot about the patriarchy and I talk a lot about how, you know, we have, we, we're, we're taught that there's a male God and we're taught that men, you know, are so many things. And, and, you know, when I was, when I was talking to Julia today, I was like, you know, I had this whole thought of myself in a very masculine sense for a really long time because everything is, you know, ma you know, we're just so bombarded with male masculinity, but in reality, you know, when you look at the evolution of, you know, evolutionary biology, uh, it, it's, it's only about the females of the species. The males, all they do is contribute sperm. And so even the patriarchy has taken that and turned it into, you know, the pounding of the, of the chest and just like to suppress the female energy. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have a point there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had one of my members said that they wanted to know all about supplements for menopause. And I thought this would be a really good, now we've got, you know, in the menopause movement membership and in the minnow system, there are a couple of videos that are all about supplements where Dr. Val and I go through them and I go through them myself. But I thought it'd be really good to get a pharmacist take on what you think the best menopause supplements are, uh, depending on the symptoms. So, you know, I'm just going to kind of let you take it away and then I'll kind of contribute where I can. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So what you want me to talk about is not necessarily general supplements that are good for women who are menopausal, but specifically certain Supplements I, you know what I want you to talk about their symptoms what, no whatever you're comfortable with so if if you okay. want to talk about it by symptom then that's great you know I I mean just take it away and talk about it you know you, okay. you, you mentioned mentioned certain symptoms here and there but at the end of the day you know if, if you've got supplements that you recommend to your all your patients then you know that's fine too but okay. I just thought it would be really good to get a pharmacist take on what what supplements you recommend because I know what I recommend and and you know I, I'm a doctor I'm not with the drugs as much as you are okay all right great certainly all right so we have we have you here and as a pharmacist, I just want to kind of get an idea of what you think are the best supplements for women in menopause. And, you know, if there's if there's certain symptoms that, that you, you that you think should be treated or some general generalist, whatever, whatever you think, you know, how do you how do you talk to your patients about about supplements? Great. I haven't worked with a with women in particular for the past 20 some years. I have learned uh, a few pearls both from researching the supplements and also from what the patients tell me. So today I would like to share some, some information with you and then I'll go into some general things that can be really helpful too for, for women, especially when in uh, menopause. Okay. Number one is that occasionally I walk into a Walgreens or CVS or, you know, wherever, a drugstore, high health, you know, a nutritional supplement store. And I'm just overwhelmed as a pharmacist. I get overwhelmed by the number of things that are available. You are just simply looking for a calcium supplement. Now you go in, you think, okay, I'm just going to run in and grab a calcium supplement or a fish foil. And when you stand there, you look and you're so overwhelmed. And I, I say that because as a woman, I put myself in the shoes of a person who does not really know much about supplements. Now, maybe I'm more overwhelmed because I know a lot about supplements and therefore I like to analyze them. So maybe, maybe an average person doesn't <laughs> feel that overwhelmed. To me, I, you know, I pick this up and I pick that one up and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really confusing. So then what, what do most women do? For the most part, the ones who don't really know how to compare these things, we compare prices, right? So we say, yeah. oh, today it's a buy one, get one free. Or I'm going to go one of, to one of those big box warehouse stores and get myself 400 count of fish oil at $11.99 and it's $3 off. So good deal. You know, I, I can save that $3 and buy myself two hot dogs and, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes really comical. And then occasionally I walk into a health food store, well, health supplement store, I should say, high health, GNC, you name it, vitamin store. And I go in there and I'm just amazed at the salesmanship of the kids. And I call them kids in a loose term, but, but essentially they don't have any business 
telling anyone what to take, except that yeah. they are good salespeople. So they've been told, okay, if a woman comes in, she looks like, you know, she could, she's middle-aged, then yeah, throw this and that at her. Of course, everybody pretty much has problems with weight. So, you know, give her this supplement and then for bones, that supplement and for memory, this other supplement. So then before you know it, the, the person ends up buying 200, $300 worth of supplements. And what I see as a pharmacist is at the tail end of it, when, whenever a patient makes an appointment with me, I always ask them, I say, take a picture of the front and the back of your supplements. I need to see what's exactly in each and every one of them. And then those who come and see me, actually, they bring the bag and sometimes it's overwhelming. And sometimes they're so embarrassed because they're like, I know, I know, I, I have no idea why I got this. I think that the guy at the you know, counter told me to get this. And, you know, my friend was taking that other one. My neighbor was, you know, so it's a compilation of all these different supplements. So I feel your pain. I feel <laughs> the pain of all of us women because we're at the mercy of, you know, the sales prices the salespeople who are pitching these things. And nowadays the internet is, is another store. So Amazon just kind of pops up all these, you know, ads to us. Oh, you know, if, if you were looking up, you know, something for menopause, then they're going to show you a ton of other things for menopause too. Absolutely. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of mind game essentially. Yeah. That's, that's my introduction to supplements. Okay. A lot of times as a woman reaches or approaches menopause, when they're in the, that perimenopausal phase, they may start experiencing some minimal or not so profound symptoms. Sometimes people start having difficulty sleeping at night. Some people start having mild hot flashes and night sweats, uh, mood swings, irritability, you know, starting to, to see some hair loss. So all these different things, and then our skin starts, you know, getting saggy. So we're always looking for, for the newest and the best supplement out there. First of all, I always encourage you to talk to an expert. So if, right. if you can find an expert in your area or nowadays uh, through virtual internet, you can definitely find some, some experts and make sure that they're giving you solid advice they're not uh, they don't have skin in the game that's yeah so tell there. me tell me why you think talking to an expert is so good because like like so many people will you know go to dr google and and then go make a decision yeah. based on based on google so let's let's talk for a second because you know what we've seen in america i would say over the last 10 years as i've practiced medicine i've seen just a cheapening of of the value of our of our education and you know we're all called providers now we're not called doctor anymore and we're lumped in with people with much 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 lesser education the nurse practitioners and the physician assistants and so the fact that we have the expertise of having spent you know like i spent 15 years plus of my life you know learning how to do a craft and now i'm i'm you know no I don't have any more authority. I don't have any more, you know. So I'm, I'm sure you've seen some of that. It's like the dumbing down of medicine and the, the, the loss of respect, you know, from corporate medicine and, and the way that, that we've been treated, I think, by the media. So, you know, how would you recommend that, you know, why, why are you saying that expert advice is so important? Because there's a lot of information out there. That's a very valid point and, um, and, and very interesting because I am saddened by the fact that uh, women and people in general tend to listen to, quote, influencers on social <laughs> media more yeah. so than their doctors and their pharmacists. And those of us who have actually put in the effort and learned about, about medicine, about health, it, it just is mind-boggling that a celebrity can come and endorse something and, and we all know that those celebrities usually get paid for their endorsements. Yeah. It's not because they've gone through school and studied bone health or whatever, you know, the case might be and learned all the details and decide, okay, well this, you know, I can now compare 20 different products and tell you that this one is better. They're going simply off of what the manufacturer or whoever's promoting that product is telling them to, to tell us. So, yeah. The concept, the simple concept of influencers is just not a very positive thing with me. Yes, maybe with makeup and hair, 
you don't need an expertise with those things. Yeah, I absolutely do that. But I don't, I don't expect a newscaster to just because she has 1.4 million followers to come on social media and say, Oh, today I would like to tell you what I take for my skin. You know, this, this product is really good. You know, if you take it internally, it also helps your bones and it helps, you know, all these things. And it just kind of amazes me. Yes. Tell me about your skin. Tell me about the topical things that you're using, but you cannot really tell me internally in, in all reality, you don't have the expertise to tell us what to do. Yeah. but most of us fall for it. So that's, uh, that's my pet peeve with expert advice. We do need expert advice. There's a reason doctors go to school for so long. There's a reason pharmacists are such nerds and we study so much and so hard <laughs> medicine. It's boring to everybody else, but somebody has got to do it. And hopefully we learn. And even yeah. with pharmacists or uh, doctors out there, uh, you, you are in, in practice. You see that not everybody takes that interest right? Yeah. So yeah. even with them, you have to be selective. Sometimes no, I mean, like I get and, and patients will come with piles of papers that they've printed off from the internet. And then we have to like say, well, this is a myth and that's not true. And this, you know, Wikipedia is, is not Accurate. a source. Oh, God, no, no. But Wikipedia, Wikipedia is just like, it's, it's crowdsourced. It's not real. You guys, Wikipedia can, anybody can go and, and edit Wikipedia and it can be truth or not truth. And so it's, it, it's come up as like this source of truth, but there's nothing, there, there's nothing validated about it. I mean, I'm sure that, you right. know, there, there's all sorts of, there, there are disclaimers that say, well, there's no source for that. But at the same time, I mean, it's, it's crowdsourced. It's not real. That's so true. So yeah, yeah. I, I, even I say, when you talk to an expert, be very selective. For example, I'm not, you know, I'm going to use an example that comes up all the time. So I've got, for example, two weeks ago, I had a patient with mild chronic uh, kidney failure. So she comes to me with all these supplements. And that's something that I do. You know, people actually make appointments with me and either bring me all their supplements or send me the, you know, pictures. And then I actually go over that with them. So one by one by one, and that's a painful process because you know that a lot of these supplements have got more than one ingredient. They've got oh, yeah. 10 different ingredients yeah. and they're pretty much all herbal. So fortunately as a pharmacist and as an adjunct professor, I have access to a lot of different resources where I can actually look up and see, okay, what does the data say? Is there any data for this? Is this going to actually harm this woman? Because she went to the drugstore and she was complaining about joint pain and somebody recommended curcumin for her. Is that appropriate for her? Is that going to affect her kidneys or not? That's just right. an example, for example. You know, so we have all these experts, but they're not necessarily experts in that particular area either. So you have to be really yeah. careful. Well, I mean, I mean, there's this, not only that, you know, so I think it's easy to go to the, the pharmacy and say, I have joint pain. And then you get recommended to take Motrin, say. And for somebody who's in mild kidney failure, Motrin is a no-no. Right. Right. And, and so they're not going right. to know your medical issue. And that's where, that's where the expertise of somebody who's gone to school and understands really comes into play. And it makes sense to spend your money on your health. And so much time, so many of us, you know, we don't, and, and, and I was just talking about this today because, you know, we have our live event in Manchester on the 25th of April, and I have a lot of women saying it's too expensive. And it's not, it's not much. It's, it's like less than the cost of going out to dinner, right? Yeah. Plus we include lunch. So I'm talking about this. I'm like, when was the last time you actually had to think about going to buy your supplements or going to get your hair cut or get your nails done, mm -hmm. you know, and why is it that you're looking at this opportunity to really take control of your health, your menopause, your life, and it's like not worth it. And so it's the same, I use the same argument here. It's like, why not go see your doctor or your pharmacist, spend some time, make an appointment with Dr. Green and go over everything you're taking to see if there's like some interaction. And that's the thing about supplements because supplements can have huge, huge drug interactions, drug, drug interactions, drug supplement interactions, drug food interactions. I mean, there are a lot of problems and that's where the expertise of somebody like you, who's like understands the, the herbal stuff and the prescription stuff and all of that can really help. Absolutely. One more thing that I wanted to add is 
a lot of times when patients come to me with the bag full or send me pictures of all these different supplements, we end up saving them money at the end of the day because you look at the duplicates and you look at, you know, what are you taking this for? And what is that for? You know, there are so many different reasons that they don't even remember. Why did they start taking this or that? And when, when we consolidate or give them an, another option, it's just amazing. So that could definitely affect their budget. At the end of the day, they may save like $100 a month because these supplements are very expensive. If, if you want good supplements, they're going to be super expensive. Yeah. So, you know, good, good quality supplements are expensive. And, and, and I think at the end, we can talk a little bit about brands that we like, that we, that sure. are consistent in their manufacturing, but you know, a hundred dollars a month, you guys is $1,200 a year. I mean, what could you do with an extra $1,200 a year? And if it costs you, you know, three, four, $500 for a couple of visits to someone just to kind of straighten this out and sort it. I mean, you know, it, if you're going to save that, that's, a, that's, you know, an extra 700 bucks in your pocket. If you're spending $500, it's, right. it's, it's kind of a no brainer. And so remember, you know, when you have somebody who can really pay attention to all of the things you're taking, and then say, well, this goes with this and this goes with that, but that doesn't really help with your, you know, one of the women who asked, you know, has a, has a condition called IBS. And, you know, I wonder if sometimes it's like her supplements maybe, you know, so she could probably really benefit from talking to you about, about that. And, you know, so just, I, I think, you know, getting the expert advice of somebody who can really take a look at, you know, all of the things that are inside of all of these supplements, that you, you know, and we do it with the best intention, right? We take supplements oh, yeah. because, because, you know, the influencers say it, or the doctor says it, or I read this and I read that. And the, the, the fact that we've gone to school for as long as we have gives us the ability to take all of that information, kind of funnel it down and say, this one's good, that one's not, this is going to make you feel better. Take this one away, add this one. And at the end of the day, you know, cut, usually it's simplifying. Usually oh, yeah. it's like, you're taking way too much. Let's just cut down to this and let's see how you feel. I agree. I totally yeah. agree with you. So let's start by talking uh, about going back to perimenopause and yeah. uh, the common things that I see women use. And sometimes they do work. Uh, I see women use progesterone cream that is available over the counter. When it comes to progesterone cream, I always like to see a blood level first before you start anything. So mm -hmm. that's my, my pet peeve. I usually like to see your progesterone level the second two weeks of your cycle. So if you have a 28-day cycle between uh, you know, the first day of each period, then day 15 to you know, onset of the next period is, is a good time to check that. And if it is low, then yes, you could try supplementing with some over-the-counter progesterone. You have to be very careful. Not all progesterone is created equally. The measurements are very different. That's why I like it to be actually by prescription because then it's compounded and accurately measured and you're giving yourself a controlled thing. Yeah. But if you really must, then go with something that's got a, a pump, a meter dose, so you can actually measure it right don't just go, okay, well, a quarter of a teaspoon in this jar. Well, you know, everybody's quarter teaspoon is different than, than yeah. everybody else's. So uh, that's my, my thing with progesterone. Well, you know, it's funny because if you're going to take a, I mean, remember it's a hormone and yep. hormones affect, affect your whole, they don't just affect, you know, it's not just going to affect, you know, if, if you're having like problems with your libido or you're having trouble with sleeping or whatever reason, you know, you're taking the hormone. Mm -hmm. hormones like affect the whole, the whole function of the cell. It's not, it's not, you know, the, they're lacking key mechanisms in there. And there's, there's a huge amount of biology that's involved there, biology and physics. And so when you start messing with your hormones, that can, that can affect your brain and it can affect your mood and it can affect, you know, your sleep and, and, and your weight and all of these things. And so, I mean, I would never take a hormone without, expert advice. I would never buy an over-the-counter hormone. You know, the closest thing I come to is like, you know, phytoestrogens and taking the flax, you know, and, and that, that's, you know, and I don't think you can really take too much of that, but you know, I, I just, I would just be really, really careful when it comes to, to any over-the-counter hormone. I agree. I totally yeah. agree. But you, yeah. you and I know that it's happening out there. So sure. if you must, 
just be really careful. It's always best to check your level. It's always best to be under the supervision of an expert. But if you end up buying something over the counter, at least buy a good one and not just something that that's in a jar. What is what are some of the symptoms of like too much progesterone? Too much progesterone could actually, uh, you know, for those of you who've been pregnant, you know how the breasts get engorged. Yeah. You feel really tired and groggy, like you can't really move. Um, it, it may increase the appetite and therefore weight gain oftentimes. Yeah. So those are the, the common things that happen with, with too much progesterone. You really don't want to, to do this on your own. Um, okay. It's not a good idea. Now, the progesterone that's available over the counter is much milder than what we usually give as prescription, but it still does have some progesterone in it. So you have to be very careful. All right. Great. All right. Then a lot of women complain about insomnia, difficulty sleeping. And the question is, well, what is it that wakes you up? Or do you fall asleep and then wake up? Uh, or do you have a hard time falling asleep? So all those questions, again, somebody needs to kind of hash it out and say, okay, well, what, what's going on here? But sometimes it's the hot flashes or night sweats that wake you up. So you need to address the source of the problem. Sometimes it's the worries because as you get to a certain age and you may have teenagers that you worry about and then you have aging parents that you worry about and then there's your job and there's you know a, a, a coronavirus that that's like worrying all of us <laughs> yeah coronavirus so is pretty big right all now night long. so yeah you know all those worries affect your cortisol level and therefore that rise in cortisol in the middle of the night can wake you up or the rise as you go to bed may make it difficult for you to fall asleep so again, addressing the source of the problem is the main thing. Some people resort to melatonin, and melatonin is, is okay in low dose and occasionally, but not on an everyday basis. It really does not work on an everyday basis. So I don't think that's really your solution. Some people take diphenhydramine, which is like gen generic Benadryl. Yeah. Again, occasionally, you can do that, but on a regular basis, it's got side effects. It causes constipation, dry mouth. It, it, it just is not the best thing. It's anti-slud, right? Yeah, in the morning. Anti-slud, yeah. Exactly. So you, you really don't want to do that. So just, just, for, the, just for the watchers, you know, uh, as, as somebody who's in, who, who took, went through medical school and, and when we were learning pharmacology, uh, one of the, the parasympathetics, you know, system things is, is, is this acronym SLUD, and that stands for salivation, lacrimation. Olfactory. Uh, uh, ol or no. no, you, you, urination and defecation. Oh, okay. Yeah, SLUD. And those are the parasympathetics. So uh, salivation obviously is in your mouth, lacrimation is in your eyes, it's, that's uh, tears, and then urination and defecation are, are things that happen with parasympathetic nervous system. So I just wanted to, because I said SLUD, so I wanted to make sure that everybody understood well, that. We, the way we learned it, and that, yours is definitely great. The way we learned it was dry as a bone, blind as a bat, yeah, and mad as a hatter, all, all those things that you... But those you know. are, that, isn't that, doesn't that have to do with calcium deficiency? The it depression, could, yeah, that that's because th those... Yeah, unless unless well, no, yeah, because you don't get that with calcium. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of something else: stones, bones, and and psychic overtones. That's calcium. No, yours is different than <laughs> is that, mine, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, basically, it's got the the take home message is that they do have side effects, and yeah. you really don't want to do them or take them over a long period of time. Occasionally, right. it's okay, but don't do it on a regular basis. So that's as far as insomnia goes. Then memory issues becomes very evident. You know, people complain to me that they just feel like they're in a fog. They can't really think. Yeah. They, they're looking for words. They forget people's names. And this, by the way, so many women, women come to me and say, I'm so worried about Alzheimer's. And this is a very quick and dirty way for me to, to ask them a question, a simple question. I say, okay, so if you did something this morning, you know, you, you went to work this morning and this afternoon you came and saw me and I asked you, what did you do this morning? And you really have a hard time remembering it. Then that's a problem. 
Like you absolutely have no idea. You really have to sit there and say, what did I do this morning? But if it is something like, you know, oh, well, you know, what did you eat, you know, two days ago? And it was not really anything to remember, then I'm not worried about it. Still with that, the hormonal change in women definitely can cause mental bogginess and difficulty remembering things. I always recommend a good fish oil. Omega-3 fatty acids are big in my medicine cabinet. I love omega-3 fatty acids, and there are certain criteria to pick a good fish oil. For example, I say, first of all, you have to make sure that it's a reputable manufacturer that does testing on their products. Contamination can be a major issue with anything that is derived from fish or marine animals. It's just Especially after Fukushima. Yep. So you've got to make sure that you pick a good manufacturer that actually stands behind their products or states there that, you know, our product has been third-party tested, no contaminants, whatever. If you cannot find something to that effect, at least go for something that says the source of the fish is small fish, such as sardines and anchovies. They usually don't accumulate as much contaminants in them. Then as far as the ingredients with fish oil, there's all these omegas, but here is a simple way to look for a good content in a fish oil. You have to look for EPA and DHA. Those are the two, three, uh, two omega-3 fatty acids that are very important. So you want to have enough EPA and enough DHA. I usually say as a general rule, make sure you get at least 600 milligrams of EPA per day and 400 milligrams of DHA per day. Studies have shown that a good omega-3 fatty acid can potentially lower your triglycerides, can work as an anti-inflammatory, so it actually may help your joints, and it could definitely, the DHA part is great for your brain function. The EPA part has been studied, small study, for depression, and it, it has been shown that EPA can be helpful for depression. Mm-hmm. So there's, there are many reasons why we take omega-3 fatty acids. And another study showed that taking omega-3 fatty acids, especially EPA, can actually help with hot flashes and night sweats. Now, these are not strong studies, but because fish oil is so good for us in general, I always recommend a good fish oil. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting because we know for a fact that fish oil lowers triglycerides because we prescribe it, right? We we right. we prescribe exactly. it for hypertriglyceridemia, and mm-hmm. you know what's really great about those prescription strengths is that you know they're super clear. You can look through them. You know that they're really highly they're they're highly Fine. Made, yeah. refined and and good for you. And actually, that you know, if I'm going to take a fish oil, that's the only one I'm going to take. And mm-hmm. you can probably get your doctor to prescribe it, which may actually save you a couple bucks too. Right. So. That's another option. That's another option. Yeah. And then but what there about are some good ones too? Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm sure. Well, well, at the end, we're going to go through like what which manufacturers we like the best. But what about you know eating wild caught salmon? Is that going to give us enough if you, if you eat wild caught salmon once a week? Once a week or twice a week won't cut it, really. You, okay. have to, you have to eat it pretty much at least five, six times a week. All right, what's next? All right. One of the most important things is calcium ah. because we worry about our bones. Our hormones right. are declining. And as our hormones start dropping, the quality of bo- our bones are at risk. They, get, they tend to get more brittle. We have to be very careful with our bones. Before I even talk about supplements, for bones, you've got to do weight-bearing exercises. And you don't yeah. have to lift weights. Even a stretch band would do. You, you know, squats, lunges, they're all good. Yeah, body Whatever weight stuff. strengthens your bones, will, your muscles will strengthen your bones. So Planks. that's how we, yeah, that's how I explain it to people. So as you see more muscles being built, then that's good for your bones. That's very important. Then yeah. look at your calcium intake from your foods, okay? Calcium-rich foods, green leafy vegetables are excellent. Sesame seeds are really a good, great source of calcium. 
of course, dairy products. No, I disagree with you there. No, dairy products are not a really a very good source of calcium. Okay, and that is what. a that is a lie that it was manufactured by the Dairy Council. So when you look at when you compare, you know, when you compare dairy products okay. to whole food, the whole food has it just wins hands down wins hands down no green leafy vegetables sesame seeds there's a few others that i that are you know because i didn't i didn't do enough research before this episode so i'm sorry but i will say that dairy so serving per serving like comparing yeah. like one cup yeah one yeah cup. there's okay. not so dairy is dairy is uh dairy is the perfect food for a baby cow and we are the only species that eats another species milk okay so i'm i'm always been a very real advocate that that dairy is not necessarily for us fermented dairy i feel a little bit differently about so if we're going to have a little bit of cheese i can see that as like a sprinkling for flavor or yogurts which are also you know because then we can help keep our gut microbiome going but dairy products and that was i i want to say that that was like from the milk it does a body good campaign which was you know 80s into 90s i think and talking about calcium and and strong bones and it's just it's just a crock it's just a marketing ploy so okay well i'll have to look into that because <laughs> i know that a lot of us do resort to dairy i don't really do much dairy because as a lot of us have noticed we have become uh, lactose intolerant yeah. so and maybe that's the reason maybe we're i not think we're all born lactate lactose intolerant actually <laughs> and and if you give a baby you know cow's milk uh, they're going to throw it up because it's yeah. not meant for them. They're going to eat human milk, right? And so we're, it's not really an allergy. It's just an intolerance. And it's an intolerance because we are a species that, that is, you know, I mean, can you imagine going for an ice cream store, you know, ice cream cone of, made of human milk? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That'd be kind of weird, right? But <laughs> I think I'd be more prone to want that than, than you know, because that's like human food. So, uh, you know, and the dairy, dairy people who love dairy, I, I understand. I, I do. I mean, I grew up drinking milk. I grew up drinking cream. Right. I still like the taste of cream. But I can tell you for sure that I feel better when I'm off dairy. So, sorry. Well, that was a little, for, that was a for little that note. <laughs> No, no. Thank you for that note because th there are so many different opinions about it. But my point was that what I tell my patients to do is actually go online and check out the calcium content of the foods that you usually eat. So yeah. whether it's dairy, if it's broccoli, spinach, you know, hummus, which has sesame seeds, almonds, almond milk, whatever it is. So take a tally of that and add it up together and see how much calcium you're getting from your foods. That's the best source of calcium, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Get it from your foods. If you're not, let's say, I recommend, okay, for an average woman, maybe a thousand milligrams of calcium a day. If you discover that you're not getting enough, then make up the deficit by taking supplements. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So there are some women who come to me and say, hey, you know what? I'm really bad at taking, at eating fruits and vegetables or anything that's got calcium in it or, you know, anything healthy. Give me something that would help me. And, and that's when we make up the deficit and say, okay, well, this is what you need to take. But really start off by exercising, weight-bearing exercises, and then figuring out how much calcium is in your diet and then make up the deficit. When you're making up the deficit, you've got to be careful and not just supplement yourself with calcium. Because remember, when you are getting your calcium from food sources, there's other vitamins yeah. and minerals and nutrition that comes with it. So it helps the calcium to get absorbed and go into our bones. When you are supplementing, if you're just taking calcium, that's not going to be enough. You've got to make sure that you get enough mag magnesium. You've got to check your vitamin D level. And there's, there's other things too. Vitamin K sure. is really important for the absorption of calcium. So there's a lot of different things that we have to take into consideration when we give you calcium supplements. You know, there's different ones in the, in the market you have to be careful. Do not take all your calcium in a day all at once because your body can only absorb so much and you cannot just force feed yourself calcium. You can't just wait until the end of the day and take a thousand milligrams of calcium and hope that it works. 
So well, I think there's also, I think it's also important, especially when it comes to calcium, that you are in the care of a, of a, of a medical professional, a doctor, pharmacist, because the, the studies have shown that just plain old calcium supplementation unabated can increase the plaques in your in your arteries and can lead to can lead to heart attacks and it can also lead to stone formation like kidney stones. So it's it's super important to make sure that when you you know when you're taking calcium that, that you're working with somebody. And we know that you know there is a there's a disease that comes from the parathyroid gland, hyperparathyroidism, where the calcium is too high. And then these people start making, you know, this is the, the, the stones, groans, and psychic overtones that I was talking about before, where they're having, you know, multiple kidney stones and they feel kind of, they feel kind of weird, like they're psychologically unstable a little bit. And then they have like muscle aches and pains. And so, and so if you're having any of those symptoms and, you know, often I'll make a little secret here, but you know, those of us who study this stuff, you know, we've all been there. And so when we, when we start to study it, you know, we have medical student syndrome, or maybe you have pharmacy student st- syndrome where you're studying it and you're like, all of a sudden you've got it. And, <laughs> yep. and so all these things that I'm telling you, don't take them to heart because all we're trying to do is educate you. And we don't want you to, to think that, you know, you're, you're sick now. But if you're going to take calcium, especially calcium without vitamin D, it won't get absorbed and you have to make sure. But remember also everyone, almost everyone is deficient in vitamin D. So vitamin D is another supplement that almost every, everyone needs, but you've got to do a blood test to make sure you're not taking too much. Thank you for saying that because so many people don't realize it. And they're like, well, I've been taking vitamin D 5,000 units for like five years now. And I'm like, have you had your level checked? If it's a really good supplement, your level is probably really, really high now. But uh, it's sad because oftentimes when we check it, it's actually not high. Because again, if you're not taking a good quality supplement, yeah. even though it says 5,000 units on it, you're probably getting a thousand units, you know, if, if you're right. lucky. Allow the scientists do their scientific job. There's a reason for it. And it, it's best to do it scientifically rather than just kind of shoot in the dark. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about the bones. Now, another, along with that, another thing that has been brought to my attention over years is our skin. Of course, as we get older, our skin becomes saggier. Okay. It's no secret. And uh, <laughs> one of the things, one of the questions that I'm always asked is, what do I do for my skin? Hormones can be helpful for your skin. I, I want you to know that. But again, not everybody can use hormones or wants to use hormones. We've got to take good care of our skin. Number one is, you know, the more you protect your skin from the sun, when you're younger, the better it is as we get older. But when it comes to that droopy, creaky skin, it's because of usually because of lack of collagen. Therefore, we see, we've seen a surge of different collagen supplements in the market. And I just had a blog and a little blurb on, um, or a video on social media about collagen because not every collagen is, is the same, is equal. You've mm-hmm. got to take a collagen. Number one, most important thing to pick a collagen is to make sure that it, it, it comes from a safe source. Collagen is an animal product and it comes from the cartilage of animals. So I'm going to scare you for a second here. Oh, good. So I like being scared. Are... <laughs> so Not a big fan you... of horror though. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I this don't like horror. scared me when I was reading it. Because, so if they are extracting this collagen from from a sick animal that has a disease, that has a virus, mad cow disease, whatever it is, and they are processing it, making it into a powder or a capsule, whatever, and giving it to us humans to consume, then that's a problem. Yeah. And it's probably like a byproduct of the, I mean, I imagine it comes from horses hooves and it comes from the, you know, the bones from, from cows, you know, yep. from the, the cattle industry and that sort of thing. Fish and yes, yeah, cows but, are but, big. but also maybe, maybe even pork. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, so there's all um, kinds of animals that they use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's an animal product 
and mm -hmm. animal, you know, and, and that remember we're made of, of software called DNA right. and the software that we ingest is going to interact with the software that we have at right. the epigenetic level, that little bit apart at the very top of the genes. And that's why we, we spend so much time talking about how it's important to have a clean diet. And so if you're going to have this super clean diet and then you're going to undo it all with a crappy supplement, that's going to, that's going to undo everything. Yeah. Collagen's interesting, you know, and how do, how do you feel about bulletproof coffee? Because there, there's, you know, Dave Asprey, you know, started this whole bulletproof coffee thing. And now he, he sells like collagen that you can put inside your coffee along with the butter and that sort of thing. Are you familiar with bulletproof coffee? I am at all? not. I'm not familiar. So Dave Asprey is a longevity guy. And I, I, you know, once, once this podcast gets bigger, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get him on it and, and just to talk to him about, you know, how he came to, to some of the longevity things, but he, he, he proposed, you know, he's got this, he's a big proponent of the keto lifestyle. And he, and he talks about bulletproof coffee as like the way to get things going because you're giving your brain fat to get going for the day and then collagen to kind of, you know, fuel everything else. What, what are the ingredients? Well, bulletproof coffee is is a high quality coffee that's that's not organic and and doesn't go through some crazy manufacturing process. And then a really high quality butter like a Kerrygold, a tablespoon usually. And then he he's got his own collagen powder, which I don't use. But and oftentimes bulletproof coffee also will you can put in some MCT oil so that you have immediate access to ketones. So basically, if, if you want to make yourself a bulletproof coffee, you just, you know, get a high quality coffee, you drip it, um, you know, or French press it, and then you take a tablespoon of butter to each eight ounce of coffee, you throw it into a blender and mix it together. And it really tastes a lot like coffee with cream. It's really delicious. And it kind of emulsifies into the coffee when you use a blender. And it's just really delicious. And I don't do it much anymore, mostly because I'm off of dairy. And secondly, because it's, you know, I try not to drink my calories. But, you know, I feel good when I when I do it. But again, you know, it's a, it's another way to consume collagen. However, I'm always a proponent of taking in all your nutrients through whole real food. And so what's wrong with bone broth as the source and of collagen? Exactly. And that's another thing. It's just I think we're expecting so much from supplements. We want yeah. everything in a pill form, right? And we right. are, you know, in but, all but reality. Wait, wait. We yeah. are taught that. We're taught that because of the pharmaceutical industry who has told us that the medical establishment is all about giving you a pill to fix you, you know? And that's why, you know, I, I think I, I spend so much time trying to bust this myth that menopause is a medical condition. Menopause is a natural thing that all women will go through. It's the privilege of a long life. And so there's no reason why you should expect a pill potion or powder to fix your menopause. Menopause is something that we're all going to go through. And all we have to do is embrace it. And that's what we teach in the minnow system. Sorry, big rant over. But, <laughs> but <laughs> no, you know, I tend to agree with you. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm all with you again, just like we were talking about calcium or, you know, even fish oil. Yes, it's best to get it from the source, from, from yeah. our foods. However, when I'm busy going to work, and I just want to have access to all these things. I cannot really carry a bottle of bone broth and, you know, a couple ounces of salmon and you know, all these different things with yeah. me. So it just makes it easier, more convenient that when I come home, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to take this collagen powder and put it in my water and just kind of stir it. I sometimes add a little bit of flavor to it to kind of make it more palatable. But essentially, when it comes to collagen, there are different kinds of collagen within that powder. So you've got to be really careful besides the source and the purity of the product. You also want to look for what kind of collagen there, there is in that product. Yeah. So collagens one, two, three, and five are usually good. I recommend a product that's got mainly one, two, and three, but with that one particular product, it's been shown to help with your hair and your skin and your joints and your, you know, vascular system and yeah. your gut, because there's, there are so many parts of your body that actually it, collagen basically glues everything to each other. So it's, yeah. it is very important to have. Well, don't forget, if you're going to take a collagen supplement, if you don't take a vitamin C supplement, you're probably not going to do anything with it 
because collagen cross-linking requires vitamin C. And collagen's really interesting because it's really three, it's three strands. So if you think about DNA, we all know that the double hel helix of DNA like this, but collagen has adds a third layer. And in order to do the proper cross-linking of the three layers, it requires vitamin C. And so a high quality vitamin C is also really, really important for your skin health. And I've actually noticed since I last spoke to you, I started taking vitamin C every day. And I, you know, I'm looking at myself in the, in the camera here. And I think, I, you know, I know the hair has helped, but, uh, you know, my, my skin looks better and I'm looking younger. And I'm not really doing testosterone. So, so I think the vitamin C has really helped. And a good quality vitamin C is good. So what I'd like to do now, I mean, you know, I think we're going to have to come back and bring you back on another time because we're, you know, we're almost almost up with time. But I wanted to go into, if we could talk about what manufacturers, you know, people can, you know, if they're going to go on Amazon and buy some supplements, what, what do you think is the high quality brand that is consistently good? Well, in general, with all honesty, I do not recommend buying supplements from Amazon because you don't know how they've been stored and all that. Nothing against them, but I just don't trust the source. When it comes to supplements, there are some supplements that are actually available through your healthcare provider. If you have any questions, you can always contact me, you know, send me a message and I'd be ha happy to help you. But there are some manufacturers that actually do some testing and they have some data that backs up their products. Sure. And those supplements are usually available not in the stores, not in the regular, you know, whether it's grocery stores, you know, pharmacies, whatever, but through your healthcare provider and not every healthcare provider is capable of doing that either or, or is interested in even mm -hmm. you know, carrying those supplements. So it makes it a little bit difficult. Things uh, that I usually recommend, the brands are designs for health, pure encapsulations. Orthomolecular has got great supplements, great studies behind their products. Some of their products uh, have actually got studies that have been published in, in international journals. So they do some work, you know, not every supplement is just kind of like, oh, well, you know, take this. Yeah, that's, that's nice. I do recommend oftentimes, and, and I'm not the only one, I, Tiarona Lodog, who is a pretty, pretty well-renowned, uh, renowned, world-renowned herbalist and integrative medicine practitioner and teacher of physicians in herbal medicine and integrative medicine recommends Gaia pretty regu regularly and Ga Gaia is reliable because they actually do test and they have they have really strict and stringent manufacturing processes and so if you know just pay attention to if you're going to Amazon to buy and you want to buy Gaia you're going to spend a little bit more because they're a little more expensive but also you want to make sure you buy from you know someone that says that they keep it in a warehouse that's temperature controlled and that that's that's helpful the all the manufacturers that you mentioned um, have even are even probably higher standards than Gaia and and would probably be uh, probably a bit more expensive as well but you know I, I I like to compare it to you know you're gonna spend you know so many dollars you know or pounds or whatever on your your clothes and your car and and when it comes to sometimes when it comes to spending money on ourselves as women we always second guess you know we started out our talk today about permission you know, and how I, you know, I, I waited for permission to, to do my hair and finally gave it to myself. And, and I wish I'd done it a lot longer ago. And, you know, the, you know, how, how long do you want to wait for permission to take some control over this phase of your life? And so, you know, I don't think, I don't think we need to, to really wait for that. You know, there's, there's plenty of supplements out there. There's, you know, uh, for, for hot flashes, we use, we, we recommend black cohosh. Uh, St. John's wort is one that was often, often recommended for mood. But the problem with, with especially St. John's wort is there's a lot of drug, drug interactions. And so, you know, the disclaimer here and the thing I want everyone to understand is that you're not going to start a supplement without talking to someone. And, you know, particularly you want to, uh, you know, make an appointment with Dr. Green and then and then take Dr. Green's recommendation and go to your doctor and make sure that they're OK with it. Because without that, it's, you know, you're, you, you might be taking your health into your hands. And so it's really important. And wh where can people find you again? Dr. S. Green Rx at Outlook.com. So it's D-R-S okay. Green Rx. Rx at outlook.com. Outlook.com. 
All right. Okay. So I want to give people a chance to watch and then send in some questions and, and hopefully we'll, we, we'll be able to have you back on. I love it when you come on because it's, it's so much fun talking to you and you got all this information that, that I don't have in my head. And so I love sharing that with you. So, well, thank you. Awesome. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. And I hope that I add something to your podcast and to the knowledge of your audience. You always add something to the podcast. And as a matter of fact, you are number two after managing anxiety. So you are actually currently our, our two episodes that we had number two and number four, because intermittent fasting came up right just this week, came oh, up wow. above, above our first conversation that we had. So, but, uh, well, you know, we, we definitely talk about anxiety too in the next episode. Hopefully yeah, we'll talk absolutely. about Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you back and we'll do another one to talk all about what, what drugs to use for anxiety. That'd be great. I'm sure that everyone, not drugs, supplements, supplements to use for anxiety. That'd be a great episode just, just on that alone. So, all right. Well, thanks so much, Charizard. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon, and I wanted to take a moment to share what one of our community members has achieved since she's been working with me. Amanda has had an amazing transformation. Amanda was struggling with joint pain, hot flashes, forgetfulness, sleeplessness, weight gain, and an angry mood. In addition, she lost her confidence and self-worth as menopause crept up on her. Since joining the Menopause Movement membership, Amanda's quality of life has improved in ways no one could have predicted. She has truly transcended the symptoms of menopause and is now living her best life. This is what I want for everyone in the community. Take a listen to Amanda's story. I just want to show you what's possible when you join the community and do the work. Transcendence is available for you too. Now here's Amanda. Hi, my name is Amanda. I am 54 years old and I live in the UK. At this moment in time, I'm in a fairly good place in my life. Recently, I've lost 18 pounds and I feel healthier and more content than I have done in a long time. However, it hasn't always been this way. Back in October 2011, I had an accident which resulted in a serious injury and surgery and subsequently changed my life forever. And over the next few years during my recovery, menopause crept up on me, but I didn't realise what was happening straight away. I started suffering from more joint pain. I went from always being cold to feeling like I was going to internally combust several times a day. I was getting really forgetful. My sleep pattern was terrible. I piled the weight on and looked pregnant and I felt angry all the time. When things were at their worst, I felt incredibly alone and very down. I lost my confidence and self-worth and I felt completely misunderstood and confused about what was happening to me. I received very little support or information from my GP and there was limited information on the internet, but what I really wanted and needed was someone to talk to. The turning point for me was at the beginning of July 2019, when completely by accident, I came across Dr. Michelle Gordon's Facebook page on the menopause movement. At that time, she was doing daily live streams and I started listening to them. I related to a lot of what she was saying and I was really interested in the variety of topics about menopause that she was talking about. The alternative ways to manage menopause symptoms in a more natural way and how your mindset is the key factor to transforming your life more positively. I was also really interested to listen to the other ladies in the group and what they had to say. Ladies who had been or were still suffering from similar symptoms to me. How a lot of them have been able to manage their symptoms much better and how they have turned their lives around and embraced menopause instead of treating it like a demon. Although nervous about taking a risk to join a group I didn't know, I knew that I couldn't and didn't want to carry on living my life the way I was and feeling the way I was feeling. So I made a decision that I too wanted to learn more about menopause, how to manage my symptoms better, and most importantly, learn more about my mindset and the fact that I needed help with changing my outlook on life in order for me to get it back. Life is nowhere near perfect and some days I still have my struggles. But on the whole, I can honestly say that I am in a much better place than I have been for a long time. And for my down days, I understand better how to manage them so they don't get out of hand. I am now on a journey with a fantastic community of like-minded women, all of whom continue to support each other no matter where we all live. 
and I no longer feel confused, misunderstood, worthless or alone. For me, this group has been both a lifesaver and a life changer. And most importantly, the one-to-one -one private coaching sessions that are available with Dr. Gordon as part of the membership have been invaluable to me. They provide me with an opportunity to discuss more difficult and private issues that I am struggling with and an opportunity to find solutions to address them. Without doubt, I can wholeheartedly say that I owe Dr. Gordon and her group everything for showing me how to take my life back and, more importantly, take control of it. Joining her membership has been the best thing that I have ever done. However, this course is not for everyone. If you're looking for a quick fix that doesn't cost you any time, money or effort, then this is not the group for you. But if you're in a similar situation to how I was not that long ago, feeling desperate and at the end of your tether, but are willing to invest in your own future happiness and peace of mind, but are unsure as to what to do? Ask questions and talk to Dr. Gordon. And if you choose to take that leap of faith, you won't regret it, because who wouldn't want to take their life back if they had the chance? Did you know that menopause is not a medical condition? Most doctors don't know this either. I like to say that menopause is the privilege of a long life, and to really take hold of our lives in menopause, we have to unlearn what society and the medical establishment has told us about menopause. Thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement.